Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. All three record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, good afternoon. Here we go again with another edition of the Eagle Hour on the Super Talk Radio Network. Glad you're with us around the state, wherever you're tuned in, online, however you choose to join the Eagle Hour. We're always glad to have you part of the show. Patrick McGee down in New Orleans at NOLA.com will be joining us a little later. Going to start talking a little bit about the New Orleans Saints and some other fun stuff as uh, the summer uh, rolls here on us and uh, we begin slowly to approach football season. Opening segment of the show, sponsored by... uh, Dickie's Barbecue Pit, great supporters of our program, a great supporters of Southern Miss Athletics, and a great place for you to take your family this weekend for a delicious meal. Also want to thank Southern Bank Corps. They sponsor the studios, and that's where Kelly Center and I are this afternoon here in Hattiesburg. Luke is at the Southern Bank Corps studio in Laurel. And again, we're glad you're with us. Our first guest is in the studio with us today. John Miller was the director of football operations here at USM for Quite a number of years, 12 years, I believe. Then he left and uh, did the same type of work from uh, 2012 to 2019 at the school up north, one of the two schools up north. But he's happy, we're happy to say he's back here in Hattiesburg now, and he has a company called To The Top Collectives, which, uh, and in all honesty, let me, let me say that we're indirectly going to work with him on that pretty soon. We have a client that is interested in doing a – image and likeness type promotion with some of the football players and his his company to the top collectives john miller i'll let you explain what what is the role that that company is going to play in in image and likeness uh, deals perhaps for southern miss athletes what we've done is we when we started this sometime in january is uh we just started from the ground level up there was nothing uh formed here in Hattiesburg. We went to the Secretary of State's office. We put a law team together. We put accounting firm with it. Uh, we got the, a bank on board and uh, we put a board of directors together to just get a base. And now we're in the process of starting our social media where we'll have a website and we'll be all on social media as well. Uh, the main thing we're doing is really just compensating uh, players, I called pretty much every coach in Conference USA and just tried to get a feel for what they were thinking. I talked to Coach Hall as well just to kind of get an idea of what he was thinking uh, in a generic brand. Uh, we don't actually deal with the coaches. We don't, you know, it's an NCAA uh, issue, but we, we, you know, we're connected enough to know the players they're, A, in recruiting and the players they have on their team. So uh, we've gone out and gotten businesses and uh to support these young men and um so 
like I said, we're really just getting off the ground. We wanted baseball to kind of play out uh, and and not take anything away from baseball. We're going to make a heavy push with this uh, late July, early August, just to uh, to roll it totally out. Uh, we have uh, accumulated uh, some money. Uh, we do have uh, a number of players on a uh, signed contract with NIL. We're registered through the university. Uh, as you can tell, it's a lot of things that's got to take place to get this thing up and going. We're at a real good spot. When, when I talk to other schools uh, in this league, we're in a good spot of where we're at right now. Right, so I have to ask you this question, and, and I don't want to put you on a spot yep. because obviously you're helping, uh, I think it's fair to say, the university. But there are many people, and i got to tell you, I have these thoughts myself, that this is the beginning of the end of amateur athletics. How can a kid – how can a kid, let's say, playing quarterback for a University X, be making two, three hundred thousand dollars and consider himself any longer to be an amateur athlete? I would fir- f- strongly agree with you. Uh, Coach Bauer put it best. Uh, Derek Nix came in town, was on his recruiting trip, and stopped by the house, and he said, "Let's go see Coach Bauer." And when I had a little talk with him, and Co- Coach probably put it best than anybody: "You can like it or dislike it, but it's reality." And uh, if we don't sit around and do nothing, we're going to fall farther and farther behind. So we've got to get moving in this community, and we've got to, uh, you know, to help the football team and the other sports, we've got to get moving. But all things being even, if it were up to you, John Miller, this would not be a reality in college sports. It's kind of out of my uh, way of thinking. I'm an old-school football coach, and it's not, you know, totally, but like I said – it's reality, and we got we got to do something, or we're going to fall farther behind, and I'd hate to see that. One of the things that's equally confusing to me, and I think to probably a lot of uh, sports fans out there, John Miller, is you've got support groups like the Eagle Club, the Dugout Club, the Hardwood Club, all these groups. So where, where do those support group lines end and image and likeness money begin? We're going to try to go the corporate route just to – uh, you know, and, and, and once again, is a lot of Conference USA is not uh, – they're going to use it, just talking to the other coaches, it looks like a retention. Uh, to, so if they have a player that puts up big numbers and all of a sudden at the end of the year you got other schools coming at them, you know, they've put all the work into this kid, they've recruited him, they spent all the money. Well, we need to try to retain him at Southern Miss, and that's what we're, we're in the process of trying to help do. That that makes more you know more sense. Whereas right. the Eagle Club goes, Eagle Club money goes to all of the sports across the board, males, females, all the different sports. Uh, whereas these will be individual things, but generally it's set up for corporate America. Yes, I, I would say yes. I mean, we will take you know private money. We have gotten some private money, uh, but it's mainly corporate America. You know, what I mean, just to because the. The student athlete has to do something for the money. It's not just free money. They have to uh, advertise. They have to do certain things. So it's just hard to advertise for an individual, you know. So uh, that's what we're targeting, and uh, we feel like we're off to a good start. Uh, and, you know, like I said, we, we have a number of players under contract right now through our company. Luke? I should mention, too, while we're talking about this, John Miller is an old football coach. He actually served as my special teams coach one time at Alabama. So um, good, good stuff there. Good to talk to you, Coach Miller. What This is so, like, in fluid, you know, though, because the, the big gripe against NIL is that it's like professional sports with no salary cap, you know. And so 
how you know how do you guys look at the landscape knowing that the NCAA or somebody's going to try to rein this in or put different parameters on it? I mean, will things you think things will be grandfathered in, or will you know as soon as a change comes, you've got to adjust that day? I think that when the change comes, you'll be adjusting that day. The thing about it is, what kind of has made this a little bit fun for me is. I think the rule was put in place is how the Conference USA coaches, and I'm sure other I can't, uh, Conference USA and the Sun Belt coaches are, are, are handling this. It's for the purity of retention, uh, helping a young man that needs help, you know what I mean, where the Power Five schools are using it totally on a recruiting basis. Uh, so that's kind of made it a little bit more fun because you can kind of, when you sign a contract with a young man, and uh, you can just see his eyes light up that, hey, this guy needs some help, you know, and so we're able to to do that in in some small ways. What is What's, the danger, and this is, I think, of concern to people, what is the danger, Kelly and I have had this conversation, uh, let's just use, let's use the regional baseball tournament as an example, but we talked to the basketball coach about his concern with this. What's the danger of a Power 5 school like LSU coming here and playing and go, man, oh man, they sure got a couple good starting pitchers, uh, let's, let's raise some money and come in here and poach these kids with cash. You'll get some of that, and we've had that in football uh, that, that you know I've gotten wind of just because of my connections in North Mississippi, and we had that same thing happen in football, and we was able to take a fire extinguisher and put it out. But it's uh, that's the things I think, you know, the connections that I have with, you know, in football and uh, with a lot of the SEC schools, we were able to kind of put a fire extinguisher on, on a guy that really meant something to Southern Miss. So that's a danger, though. That is a huge danger. And, but uh, they're going to go out and find it. If it, That's just one part of it. they got so much access to videos and different things. And uh, if they go play somebody else, they're going to look at the numbers and they're going to research people. They have research teams that are researching p- players off other teams as we speak today. But fundamentally, isn't that just bad for, for college athletics? Yeah, and I hear they're getting ready to pass. I got a call last night. They're getting pa- ready to pass uh, legislation that there will be unlimited staff members on football staffs. Well, unlimited coaches. So all these analysts are going to be able to coach. Well, you get these SEC schools and Power Five schools, they're going to build departments inside the football office to, and I can speak for football because I know about football, but it's uh, to research these guys like you're talking about why does the ncaa want that to happen if you could tell me about the ncaa you'd be i'm not <laughs> i i've had my own run-ins with the ncaa i'm not an ncaa fan so yeah. it's uh and boy it's nice to say that when you're retired you know what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah all right we're talking to john miller who is the uh, former um uh, Director of Football Operations at Southern Miss and Ole Miss. Going to continue our conversations with him about to the top collectives, image and likeness deals, and the changing face of college athletics. All on the Eagle Hour. Stay with us.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net sponsors the second segment of the Eagle Hour, and we appreciate all they do. Miss Kathleen's a wonderful lady, and they get a great selection of Southern Miss apparel on Hardy Street and online at campusbookmark.net. Remember, you can hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast anytime you like at Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or tell Alexa to play Super Talk Eagle Hour. And despite Kelly Sanders' belief that the internet is just like a temporary thing. It's a fad. A lot of people tune into the podcast, Kelly. Well, they might as well because it won't be around. You know, this internet's going to go the way of the buffalo, I'm telling you. <laughs> John Miller's with us, and uh, he is uh, one of the new owners of To the Top Collectives, and that's a company dealing with the image and likeness uh, new world that we live in in college athletics. Luke, I think I interrupted you, so if you had another question for John, fire away. I got, I got a question, just a quick quick comment on, on what he said you know part of these collectives you fight for your athletes jay ladner's told us that you have to uh you know almost re- re-recruit your your roster every year now john miller's a guy that'll, that'll fight for you fourth down in tuscaloosa coach bauer called a fake punt while we were running out on the field i threw it under i under threw it to etrick pruitt he got held pi and john miller you can see him on the sidelines runs down gets up in a, a side judge's face and starts giving the holding call so this is a guy that will fight for for Southern Miss. Good times, Coach. Um, what what are what are the things that go into this that the average Joe doesn't realize? Like the the factors, and uh, as you said, it's a, it's a whole new day. We got to accept it and move on. But but it just seems as if, um, especially working for in football for a group of five school. It, it's tough. And so, what are the, some of the things that you know people don't know really is going on? Well, just getting it off the ground, Luke, was, was a major uh, undertaking. Uh, and it's your first time to do it, everybody's first time. You had to register with the Secretary of State. You had to, you know, get some resources. And, you know, we don't really – we don't get the coaches involved, so we're having to go get information, you know, from third parties in different ways and dig out information. And uh, f- fortunate enough that they had three or four transfers that came from Ole Miss that I knew personally – uh, so, you know, we were able to uh, get information from different ways. And, we, and the biggest thing is we, you know, they're, uh, Southern Miss is raising money as well. So we just wanted to reassure when we registered with the uh, university, our company, that we weren't going to – we wanted to be a partnership. We didn't want any conflict. We didn't – you know, if they're working a donor, we don't, you know, want to get involved with that. We don't want to, you know, anything to hinder what they're trying to do. We wanted to be a team player. But do these corporations then, John, solicit players, or do you market the players to potential corporations? Uh, so you get a little bit of both. You know, you get a request. Uh, we had a request uh, the other day for the old line. We're in the process of trying to get some of that pieced together over the next week or two. And, uh, and you know, we have some uh, – we just thought uh, D1 Sports is get, getting ready to sign on. I don't know. But, you know, we're going to try to get some local players that – uh, that are from the area signed up with them just because the local people will know that name. Uh, so we're in the process of doing a lot of little things like that, just trying to make everything a good fit. But what is also inevitable, it seems to me, is along the lines of, of Title IX, and Joy Lee McNellis has acknowledged on this program that as hard as the government or anybody else tries to make things equal, they're just not. It's just not. So you know, you're going to have a situation where I dare say most, a lot of the guys are going to get the lion's share of this image and likeness money where perhaps female athletes won't get a whole lot. 
in comparison. I would agree with that, and that's the part I don't like about the entire the way it was put together is just uh, and all the players on the team are not benefiting from it. Not even even on the football team. And uh, you know, football will be one. I think basketball will be two, and then everybody else. You know, and I, I just don't think that was really you know totally fair. But that's the way it is. Do you see more and more schools like it's been it's been reported that Oklahoma is give that. All athletes will get a standard image and likeness contract. Do you see more and more schools going that way? I don't think you'll see more and more. I think you will see some. I, the, the, the people that have, you know, the oil and gas money and people, you know, as those industries, you know, flourish, I think you're going to see, you know, Texas and Texas A&M and, and people like that uh, being able to benefit more than other schools, even in the Power Fives, you know. Even with the image and likeness opportunity, couldn't the NCAA put a real halt to the poaching of players by just reinstituting the old rule that if you transferred, you had to sit out a year? You could, and uh, that was that was the start of it. You know, I mean, just because that causes a whole set of other problems, then it just kills your M club long term, your Letterman club. It kills a lot of things uh, for a guy that. To go for not to go four years at an institution. If you could wave a magic wand, John Miller, how would you? How would you? And this was going to happen. An image and likeness thing was going to. How would you structure it? I would try to structure it where we take the take us a, a large sum of money and we give it to the exact amount of money to each school and they spread it out amongst their athletes. You know what I mean? And uh, and then I do agree that hey, there's got to be some type of penalty or. Because you just cannot trace the poaching part of it. You know what I mean? They will get a player off their team that was a teammate of that guy. You know what I mean? They can get to him without using, you know. And, and my final question, and I, and I know that you would not divulge, you know, names on the air, but do you foresee, and let's just use Southern Miss baseball as an example, do you see that with the season that, that the Eagles have had, both individually and as a team, that some Southern Miss players could be targeted by other schools as potential targets to leave Southern Miss with UIL deals somewhere else? I would think, as, to be fair, I would think any team that uh, was successful as Southern Miss baseball, there's going to be some eyebrows raised. You know, it's just the numbers uh, that we saw in football by Southern Miss by certain players, eyebrows got raised and they came after them. You know what I mean? And I, I, I wouldn't think baseball would be any different. Right. So if this had been in place 15 years ago, you could have made Luke Johnson a millionaire, couldn't you? Uh, I could have made Luke Johnson some money. Millionaire made yeah, it a little bit yeah. of stretch. You hearing that, Luke? You just you were a, a man before your time. He needed to complete the pass. He did not complete. The pass. I, that one I did. I went, I went three for four in my career. I, I, I did miss one. No, he don't have to worry about it because his wife his wife now is going to take care of the, the million dollars. They were relentless, Coach Miller. <laughs> Absolutely. If I had a lot of Luke Johnsons, I, my life would I wouldn't have as many gray hairs. I tell you that. Oh, that's quite a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. But Luke. I did I did create some gray hairs because I would pester him about stuff from time to time. Anyway, um so the way that this works, because you know, when when NIL and paying players wasn't uh legal, everybody found ways around it. So now that it is legal, I guess we have just opened uh a bunch of doors where you know the governing party won't care that those doors are are going in, or people won't be able to find it. It just seems as if there there's now more and more room to do it the wrong way because there's a way to do it the right way. Uh, I, there, there's some there's some merit to what you're saying. Yes. So it you know it with 
let's let's just give specifics, not not with the wrong way, but the right way. So I know I saw last year uh, Frank Gore Jr. got a deal, and it's just basically however a local business or local corporation wants to use him, whether it's uh, advertisement or a voiceover or meeting customers. It's just really up to the to the business to determine how they want to use the student athlete. That's correct. Yes, it's uh, you know it's contract based. We help them with a the contract. Uh, you know, and if, and if a business wants to do it and not use our company, we we just are able to help them with the tax part of it and all that, so the kids aren't surprised at the end of the year. But if a, if a business wants to sign on with a player on their own, we encourage it. You know, what I mean, we're not trying to uh, take it all on. You know, what I mean, we're really just a a one more resource to try to help the university. But there has to be some rules. I mean, you're not going to have a college athlete going on promoting liquor, for example. There is you rules know. on that. The state has the rules on that. You can't uh, recruit. Uh, you can't uh, promote bars. You can't recruit, uh, promote alcohol and, and gambling. Uh, so the state does have rules. And each state is different of how it's set up. So that's why you need to get you know, get with your Secretary of State, sit down and figure it all out. So we got a minute left. Tell us where we're going to be 10 years from now. It, it would just seem to me that the rich get richer and the smaller schools get poorer. Yeah, there's some of that, but I, I, don't, th- I don't think that's totally correct because I think that you got guys like – I mean, I, I've been around Will Hall n- numerous times since I've been back, and that, there's a guy that's just fiery, ready to go to work every morning. I mean – uh, that's pretty impressive to me. I mean, I think he's willing to get in the trenches and figure it out. Uh, he's got a huge drive. Uh, Scott Berry, Scott Berry. I mean, there's a legend right there that we have. We're fortunate enough to have in this town. And uh, but I, I think they got the right people in the right spots that that will figure it out. Uh, so it's been encouraging to me. It's uh, and the players that we have signed on with our company is that. I can't tell you how happy they are to be in at Southern Miss, and that was a real delight for me to see. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Well, we appreciate your time very much, and uh want to thank you for all that you're doing. We're glad to have you back here at Southern Miss. I see you came back to the light when you when you decide to retire. You always go home when you get scared. And, <laughs> <laughs> and he's kind of, he's in and out of the of my new neighborhood, Bob. So Is that correct? Yeah, he was a little bit disappointed because property values plummeted when I moved in. Oh, but I'm really sorry about that, Mr. Miller. I should have told you that before you bought your house. Yeah. John Miller, everybody. Thanks, Coach. All right, Luke. Take care, bud. We'll be back. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. It is a new era in college athletics, as explained very well by John Miller. I don't think it's a good era of college athletics at all. That's just one man's opinion. And I think my partners agree with that. But it is what it is, and, and that's where we are today in college athletics. Fourth Street Bar and Grill sponsors this segment of the Eagle Hour, and we're glad they do. We love Slade the Gang. 
We love the food, we love the drink, we love the camaraderie, and we love the memorabilia all on the walls. Yeah, and Miss Louise is looking for some help in the kitchen. So if anybody... Yeah, she's a hard-working yeah. lady. My gosh, she's overworked at lunch. Yeah. All right, Patrick McGee from NOLA.com joins us. And, uh, Patrick, I was telling you off the air, now that I'm officially cured, the doctors have released me, I'm cured of the Commodore virus, and I'm now I'm now going to be in that number watching the Saints come marching in this fall. So... Uh, Tell me, uh, how good are the New Orleans Saints going to be? They have a chance to be very good. Um, you know, the, we, it's kind of a, a similar recipe to what we saw kind of going in last year, but there was a lot of uncertainty surrounding, you know, the quarterback position, you know, Winston or Hill. And if Winston got the job, would he be able to do the job? And and now it's – well, it's it, – the, but the one piece of the uh, recipe that's missing now is Sean Payton, but pretty much the rest of staff is not that different from what – uh, they had a year ago. So now the question is, how does this team adjust to a new head coach? And uh, can Winston hang in there for 16 games and, and carry the load? And and all you know indications are the team has responded very well uh, to Dennis Allen and that uh, Winston's on track to be ready to go. Uh, if he can build on last year and improve and actually have receivers to throw to, and, and hopefully that uh, Kamara isn't missing a significant amount of time, uh, you're looking at a, a, a team that has a great shot at the playoffs. You know, and, De- and Dennis Allen, when when he was his resume as a head coach, only has the you know the the Raiders. And I thought under the circumstances, which the Raiders have been kind of a kind of a mess, you know, for the past mm-hmm. uh, ten or fifteen years, I thought all in all, Dennis Allen did pretty doggone well as as well as and any. The Saints players are used to him, right? You know, yeah. a lot yeah. of them are. Yeah. So yeah, Patrick- I mean. Yeah, he was very young whenever he got that chance for the right. Raiders as well. So, I mean, that, that was really just more of a stepping stone than anything. How can Alvin Kamara's eligibility be in question when Deshaun Watson's in the NFL, Patrick? Uh, well, we'll find out if if Deshaun Watson is going to be playing games this season uh, here in the not-too-distant future, I don't think. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, uh, Alvin's in a less severe situation, I would think, than, uh, than what Deshaun Watson is facing. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's possibility Kamara's going to miss time this season. But uh, the, the, there's been delays in the legal process, and I think it's back to August now. So you're looking at right before the season to to find out how things might play out for Kamara legally. Uh, maybe things will be resolved to a degree before then. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but uh, there's there's uncertainty, but it's not you know the level of concern that that Browns fans have with with uh, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, Luke, get in here with uh, with Patrick. Patrick, talk about, uh, you know, you've got your head coach as a defensive guy, but mm-hmm. he, he kind of, Allen switched some some roles around this year. Carmichael's the OC, but Ronald Curry and Dan Rashard are both passing game and run game coordinators. I mean, that that's three dudes contributing to uh, to the, you know, the offensive attack. How different mm-hmm. do you think it's going to be with those guys? I don't, I mean, as far as like the style of offense, I don't think it'd be much different, but I, I think what kind of in this situation where you have so many guys really having a, a prominent role in the offense, this is something that Carmichael's used to, uh, working shoulder to shoulder with Sean Payton every week to develop a game plan. He's a guy that's worth, that's used to collaborating. So I, you know, I would think that would be a, a pretty easy situation for a guy like Carmichael who doesn't feel the need to be the guy out front, you know, taking all the credit. So, uh, if anybody's built to kind of collaborate and build an offense every week, I think it would be Carmichael. Yeah, I mean he's he's obviously not been the signal caller 
with Sean Payton, so certainly not a guy that you know values his ego more more than the team. What's been the reaction, you know, in the last month or so uh, with with Alave and and Penning um, and you know, some of the other guys that were coming in, but particularly those two that were taken in the first round. Yeah, I think the the first. I think what we've kind of you know, obviously receiver going to see him show out a little bit more. I think the jury's going to be out, going willing to the to fall camp on pinning. Uh, but I think uh, was Winston called him as, as smooth as the other side of the pillow. I don't I don't know if that makes sense, but I, I guess that sounds pretty smooth. Uh, I think I think Alave is, is just re- is ready to roll. I mean, everything I've heard and everything I've seen. Uh, coming out of the Ohio State sim- uh, system, he is built to go right away. And if he's a guy that can put in 800, 900, 1,000 yards uh, receiving this year, this this Saints offense is an entirely different uh, animal than you had Landry in there at the slot. I mean, that's just – that's <laughs> yeah. that, you're talking about a guy not long ago that was catching 100 balls a season. Uh, and he, he's been stuck in Cleveland where, you know, it was it was just tough to kind of – uh, move those balls around and share uh, the production there. So I think he fits in great with the Saints, and this is probably going to be the best receiving core they've had in a bit. Yeah, and I think if you're into the fantasy football thing, which a lot of people tend to be these days, uh, Alave might be one of those sleepers because if he's ready to go now, lots of times people will say, well, it takes, you know, it's very difficult for rookies to make their mark that early on, but he might be a sleeper to, to keep an eye on in your fantasy draft. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, he's just, he, he's what, 6'3, six, 6'2. Exceptionally quick, runs runs great great routes. I mean, what is there not to love? I mean, he's 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 an NFL receiver. He may not always be the number one guy, uh, but he's a guy that could put give you eight hundred, nine hundred yards a season. That's that's just my impression. And to follow that up, everything's looking good with Mike Thomas. Yeah, yeah, everything's on track. I I, I know he hasn't been out there lately, but I, they expect him to be full go. Uh, they don't want to put him out there and enforce him in a situation if he's not one hundred percent. But everything is on track for the season. Saints are the early favorite to win the division, Patrick? No, I, everybody's in love with Tampa, with uh, Brady coming back. Uh, uh, especially you know, I know Kelly. Gronk- yeah. yeah I know Gronkowski's now out of the fold. He's supposedly retired. and uh, But, you know, I, I, I'm not, you know, I, I, I didn't like the Buccaneers towards the end of the last season. The Saints have got them figured out and stuff from that one darn playoff game. Uh, uh, year before last, so I it's I, I would say the Saints and the Bucks are right there, to, you know, side by side as the favorites in the division. I think you can go either way. But but if you want to talk about a championship football team for sure, the, it, the Breakers. Of course, that's where we're transitioning <laughs> the, to the USFL. Talk to us about the USFL, Patrick. Uh, has it been a flop? Has it been a success? I don't hear much about it. It's you know it's it's it, for me I tuned in here or there it's hard for me to watch a game when there's nobody in the stands right. and 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 I think that's kind of what's happened with this league they're going to play their semifinals their playoffs uh, this weekend you have the Breakers playing against the Birmingham Stallions that'll be the night game on Saturday the afternoon game on Saturday is the Philadelphia Stars and New Jersey Generals both the uh, Generals and the Stallions finished nine and one so obviously they're probably going to be favorites Stars and Breakers are both six and four. Uh, they're playing in Canton, Ohio. Uh, maybe some folks in Canton will show up and, and support this thing. I know they're really? like Trace Atkins. They're holding a concert. Uh, they're just doing everything they can to get some folks to show up. Um, yeah. You know, they, they're already talking about next season, uh, you know, about the draft and how everything's going going to that. They're, they're just doing everything, kind of build some momentum going to next year. But you've, you also have the XFL 
which is starting up in February to contend with. So whether it's a flop or anything, I don't know what the heck to call it right now, just because it's it's hard to really build momentum if you're playing all your games in one city. Well, no. you know, and early in the year, the first game, I should say, the Stallions uh, drew a big crowd, but did that diminish yeah. as the year went on? No, I mean, I think the Stallions brought some fans in here. That it went, Not every weekend was a success, but they had some, some games where they brought in fans, and it was okay. Uh, but it was just really kind of a – it wasn't a great product for TV uh, playing in empty games whenever, say, the Breakers and the, and the Stars will play or something similar. To that. And if, I, and if uh, I'm not mistaken, former Saints head coach Jim Morris Sr. coached in the old USFL, and I think he coached the Philadelphia Stars. Yeah, yeah. So there, yeah. there's some Saints, uh, you know, <laughs> five degrees of separation there. No chance that the uh, Breakers are going to overcome the Saints in popularity in New Orleans. Is that fair to say? No, no, no chance whatsoever. <laughs> They've got to play a game here first to ever have any, you know. Oh. It's just, we'll wait and see on this. I, I think they're going to try to make it a go next year, but it wouldn't surprise me if this is, was, was a one year and done. Patrick, what about the via, the long-term viability of the National Basketball Association in New Orleans? Franchises have been in and out of there forever. Right. Uh, right now, I would say it's, it's in as good a spot as it's been in probably three to four years. Uh, that's just the feel I get. Uh, this team has a chance to be very special uh, coming up this year with McCollum, uh, Ingram, and Zion. You see just today, he's he's really kind of you see the end product of the work he's put in early in the summer and spring. He's lost weight. He looks great. Uh, I, you know, this is a team that has a chance to contend for a you know a, a Western Division championship. They they're going to be that good. They're they have a chance to be one of the three or four best teams in the in the Western Conference. So uh, I, I would say right now the Pelicans are looking pretty strong. Uh, Benson and company are. are well invested, uh, they feel good about it, and and it's just one piece of the puzzle for them, and they want to win. And that trade for McCollum made a huge difference for the franchise. Well, Pelicans are my favorite birds, so I hope that uh, I hope they <laughs> Zion do. actually went out in the neighborhood last night, and played some pickup yeah. with some kids. That was pretty cool. Yeah, always appreciate you, Patrick. Stay stay, right. stay cool down there in the Big Easy. Oh, it is, it, I was in Asheville and got in the fifties and nine. I get back up here, it's a hundred degrees. <laughs> oh my. All right, more from Patrick next week. Patrick McGee, NOLA.com. Always appreciate his input. We'll be right back. Top. Final segment on this Wednesday brought to you, like every day, DBAT D1 training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. It's still hot outside, and it's still cool inside, DBAT and D1. Great stuff. Always check out their website because always have camps and specials and stuff coming up. Uh, you can go by and see their pro shop. They have all kinds of great gear from the best brands for baseball and softball. That's DBAT and D1 in Hattiesburg. 
dbathattiesburg.com, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke, Bob, and Kelly as we close out this Wednesday in the Southern Bancorp Studios in Hattiesburg and uh, in downtown Laurel. All right, guys, here you go. Just 34 minutes ago, Charlie Fisher heading to play for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. So, uh, well, Charlie. Well, good for him. I, good I for Charlie. That. Good for Charlie Fisher, yes. A lot so, closer to home. He's a Minnesota boy, yeah. so a lot closer to home. And uh, you, you, can't, you can't blame the guy. I mean, no, he just – and no. he, he took it with class, uh, you know, basically – having to, to go on the bench after being an all-conference guy. So Charlie Fisher, true Golden Eagle, and uh, conducted himself like a true Golden Eagle. All right, guys, I told you um, earlier in the week we got a 6'5 uh, wide receiver from Scott Central named Javion Butler commits. Yesterday, Southern Miss with three, count them, three more commitments for the 2023 class. Jacob Johnson, I told you about him yesterday, uh, and I thought that's, that was all that was going to commit yesterday, but two more came in. Just to recap, Jacob Johnson, a, a 6'2", 200-pound linebacker from St. Paul School in Covington, Louisiana. Southern Miss gets a quarterback commitment. Ethan Crawford, 5'11", 202-pound dual-threat quarterback from Hillcrest High School in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Here you go. Other um, offers he had, Georgia State, Georgia Tech, Kentucky, Maryland, Mississippi State, UAB, and Central Florida. Wow. So Ethan Crawford, uh, the newest uh, Golden Eagle. And then we got a tank. This, this kid's nickname is actually Tank. Tanner Welch. A high school uh, will be a high school senior, Hartfield Academy, Flowood, Mississippi, offensive tackle men, 6'8", 310 pounds. He's husky, Kelly. Husky. Well, he's going to be great. He's husky. <laughs> also had. <laughs> Luke got it. Luke got it. I got it. <laughs> With the last name offer. like Welch, he's going to be great. Oh, got it. Right. Also had an offer from Louisville and uh, interest from several. SEC schools. Hey, got a quarterback, get an offensive lineman, and get a linebacker on the same day. Can, can I just can I just follow up on uh, when we had John Miller here earlier? And I think what what really struck me most about that interview is I love how the fact that in this particular arena of image and likeness, Southern Miss appears to be leading. One of the criticisms that the university has was has had in the past is that they're never proactive, they're reactive. The very same thing was the complaint about Conference USA. But this is a, this is a great situation where the university is anticipating what's going to happen with image and likeness, and they're on the forefront. They're out ahead of this problem, dealing with it. Because if they weren't, there would be guys. That are, that are being poached from the different teams and, and cherry picked from the from the different sports programs at Southern Miss, but you got a company like John Miller's now that is in the forefront and out front, being proactive rather than reactive, and that can only be a good thing. I agree. Yeah, I mean, because if there are schools that big, small, it doesn't matter. If schools do not have an image and likeness plan as to how they're going to attack this thing, they're going to wind up losing 10 or 12 athletes before they ever figure out, uh-oh, we better do something. As sad as it is, that's true. But that's, but it's still, it's, it's very, very sad. But, but anything in society, you want people that are going to be proactive, organizations that are going to be proactive, anticipate problems and deal with them before they become problems. Conference USA is essentially dead because the leadership – or lack thereof, was never proactive but reactive. And you just you can't 
be that way in this in this business world in this marketplace you have to be proactive governments get into problems because they don't they're not proactive they're reactive and by then the trouble has already happened so really really glad that southern miss and the eagle athletic department is out ahead of this image and likeness um situation what do you say luke yeah i mean it's just you're being proactive and you're doing it you know it it, it just still blows my mind um you know as a former college football player that this is legal now. I have just have to agree. accept reality. I agree. But, but it is. I'm not bemoaning it. I'm just saying, you know, um, this is and and so now that this is like legal, this is why you support your university. I mean, this is this is how they, you know, they, as as uh, John said, keep players on the roster. Yep. And, uh, but the- and I'm glad that that's the approach, um, because at the end of the day, you want kids coming because they like the coaching staff and they like the school and they feel they'll have a good experience, not just because somebody's giving them money. Yeah, but that does hurt my heart because there are going to be guys that that go to school X, Y, or Z, not because they necessarily want to, not because dad and granddad or grandma and mom sure. went to a particular school, but they're going to go to a school just because of the money. So that, that kind saying, of hurts it ain't, my heart. It ain't, it, we ain't going back. And so yeah. we're, we're not... They, the NCAA sure. does have to give us more guidelines because it really is the Wild West. Uh, it's even almost, you know, way different than professional sports. So it'll be fun to see how it turns out. All right. I want to thank John Miller, Patrick McGee for a, a fun hour, I thought. Informative, and uh, we always enjoy those types of conversations. We've got more coming your way tomorrow at 1 o'clock. And until then, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. top. Into the future I wanna fly like an eagle to the sea Fly like an eagle Let my spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.